Welcome to Fucking Candyland, hosted by Rampage and Gemini. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Lick It Like a Lollipop with Gemini and Rampage. What's up? How you doing, baby? So I really have missed the podcast the past couple weeks. I'm like, wow, it's a long time until we record again. And I'll be honest, I have been really excited about the topics that we've planned and everything that we have in store. Yeah, I feel like when you and I are picking topics, it's kind of funny because it's almost like we just repeat conversations that we have with each other, but we record it and share it with other people. Because this is like the real shit that you and I talk about just like in our day-to-day friendship and we're just bringing other people into it. Literally, the reason we knew we could start a podcast is because we would FaceTime for like two hours every day or like every other day and just talk about everything under the sun to the point where I was like, this is so fire. Like, this is so easy to talk to her. You know, what's funny. Um, there, what was it? There's something that happened at the end of last week. It's okay. So something was really annoying me. It was an interaction with a person on social media and you and I had had a recent conversation along the same lines of like how to address this. Okay. I'll be specific specifically as we're sharing more of ourselves publicly with people, people tend to get this conception that they know who we are and like throw opinions on things. And There's nothing I hate more than somebody giving me their opinion when I didn't fucking ask for it, let alone on something that they only have half information about. So anyways, I was sitting there and was like, I just had all the thoughts running through my head. And I was like, WWPD, what would Paige do? And I was like, no, I'm not even going to do that. I muted the messages and I like moved on with my life. And I felt so happy about the way that I handled it. But I learned lessons from you with just our interactions and you telling me, you know, how you would handle things or the vibration that you try to give other people. And so I'm learning little, little tidbits in those two hour conversations. And, you know, I love that so much because at the end of the day, your integrity or like who you are and what you put into the world is ultimately just like what you get back. If you're out here having, you know, just toxic interactions or being a toxic person, even if that person is directing toxicity towards you, you still don't have to reply or even entertain. And I think that's one amazing thing that when you stop speaking to you know respond and you actually process what's happening you can see through people's bullshit like a lot earlier on you can see exactly what their motives are earlier on you're like not shielded by what they want you to see because when you're in tune with your own intuition and you're listening to that inner voice 
everything will just align to show you what you need to see so that you can learn and grow from that experience or from that situation. And I think there are so many people that are waking up to how much weight no response has versus needing to explain or needing to justify or give closure or clarity on anything. If I feel disrespected, I don't need to explain to you what you're doing wrong. Um, I just distance, just straight distance. And you just know that there's like no way to access me at that point. We talked about that. Maybe it was the last podcast episode two, where we talked about the difference that we have in handling things. I'm very much like, I'm, I'm fine with a confrontation and, but I'm learning that it feels better in my spirit when I walk away because anytime that I turn back around, I hurt people's feelings. And although I don't care in that moment, because I didn't say anything crazy, I don't feel like I'm being mean later on when I'm by myself, I'm like, dang, like, I wish I wouldn't have said it like that, but you can't take back your words or the energy that you put out there. You have to sit in that own energy. And then I feel like I'm wasting my time processing what my words in a situation are instead of sitting there processing what I'm going to manifest next for myself, because now I've got to go and I've got to apologize (laughs) and work through that and then move forward. And I, I don't like having to go backwards. I just want to perpetually move forward and always gain all the abundances. Something that I use as motivation in a situation like that is the universe rewards people who have genuine and like pure intentions. And it's like the love thy neighbor energy is just kind of like, you know, people will try to pull you out of character. That's just kind of, I feel like what earth school entails is just like a sequence of events throughout earth school. Yes, out of your entire <laughs> existence that teaches you and, you know, shapes you and helps you grow and helps you learn. And I think that the more that we see every character in our life, like with the equal amount of love and weight, even though it may not be like our favorite person or, you know, it may be someone who brings karma into our life or whatever, it's like, giving them love and compassion as you would someone that you do care about doesn't give people any control or power over you. It's like, that's how you revoke all power to you is whenever you see everyone through this lens of just acceptance of their character and whatever character and role, like you would in a movie that they're playing. And some people are the villain in your story and the hero in someone else's story. So it's like seeing it through this lens of just like unity and acceptance has helped give me back a lot of peace that I used to give that energy to other people. I used to be super mean on the internet. I'm not, not like a troll trolling, you know, people, but I would be that person that like, if I knew someone personally and they were doing some shady shit I would air them out on the internet (laughs) like for everyone and it kind of became like a theme or a trend that I would do that and 
there was some instances that I aired out some people's pretty personal and vulnerable business. But now I look back on that and I'm like, wow, like you told, told it like it was like, it was the truth. It wasn't like I was lying, but I just felt like I hit a breaking point of when people did shady stuff. I felt like everyone needs to know this is your character kind of thing where now I'm just like, they'll figure it out on their own, do the inner work, do the healing, and then you can see it. Would you like tag people's names in it and be like, let me tell you a little something about Alicia. Or would you be one of those people who's writing cryptic things and you're like, if you're going to do this and that, and then someone comes back, is this about me? I would straight tag them. And then I love they it. would either block me or remove the tag, but I would tag them. I, it was like kind of the era when Twitter started and Twitter was super popping. Like there was like late night Twitter and are you up Twitter and all these different like hashtags that would operate on Twitter that were just popping. And I remember being extra, extra read all about it on Twitter to the point where um, a few years back, that Twitter was still floating around. So I deleted the Twitter and remade it with my screen name that I wanted and deleted all those tweets. I had hundreds of thousands of tweets, which is super embarrassing of what high school me was saying, but I would call people out on Twitter, like sub tweets all day long, but like tag you. I love the honesty behind it. I feel like we were thrown onto social media with no training wheels and we had to figure out like now, you know, I feel like it's been around. So now we have people being like, Hey, like be nice when you're on the internet or, you know, like, like making that public. But back in the day when you were on MySpace, when you used to be able to throw questions at people, I remember I used to get the meanest questions and it was so easy to like hack people's profiles because we didn't know about the safety. And so my stuff would always get hacked and like you would hack somebody else's that you didn't like and write a mean status and whatever. And I do feel like one of the reasons why I feel like people are waking up so much is because they're finding, I feel like positive outlets with social media and they're finding like a spiritual community and they're finding people who like want to embrace them. And they find people who teach them how to do things positively. And you have positive influencers. You've got mama taught and stuff like that. Who's like preaching goodness to people. And so I feel like those people who figured out how to harness it positively have such a reach to positively influence so many more people than a troll does. I mean, even if a troll comments on somebody something and that person does a video reply, the video reply reaches more people than that negative comment ever was going to. I think the internet gives people like a lot of confidence they normally wouldn't have. Um, but I'll be honest, I was like the early adopter of the computer. Like I've been on a computer since I was around seven years old and on the internet exclusively in my room with no one controlling what I was doing around like nine or 10. So I have been on the internet majority of my life. And I would say that like none of my profiles ever got hacked. I'm literally the most meticulous person. I have like 17 emails and you will not figure out what anything is linked to for me. But I also 
was an only child and used the internet as a tool to connect with people. I have a lot of internet friends that I've had for 15 years or longer. Yes. My space since Vampire Freaks, which was really big for me. And that's what I look obsessed over. I was a top girl on Vampire Freaks. And anybody who knows me from middle school, I was in it to win it. I was like Vampire Freaks every day, every hour, every minute vampire freaks yeah there was this is so off topic but there was this murder where these kids said that they were vampires and they were like killing their parents in sacrificial rituals and like drinking their blood and vampire freaks for some reason and you saying you were in it to win it and you were so deep with it made me think of that Um, But seconds before I thought of murder, I thought of you just being on the internet free ranging when you could watch the wildest porn for free and nobody was restricting that shit. So, you know, that's YOLO. That was me. (laughs) Well, actually, I never really had an interest in porn as a child. I know as a child. I I mean, I'm really like, I don't know. I'm very like... um, I want to say a bit sheltered when it comes to porn and all of its categories and all of its glory. I do know people that in like middle school and internet times were like very finding all the details online and from their parents stuff. But the most I ever seen like that as a child was just like HBO late night TV or something like the sex. Those of us with trauma that were like, oh, this is my safe space. What? just just uh yeah just you know you've got traumas and you're like other people experience that that's cool all right yeah we all go through really different stuff though but for me I was in the AOL chat rooms talking crazy to people that I don't even know what age they were to be honest did you act older than you were when you were in chat rooms or did you say what your age was Oh, no, girl, I was like 10 or 11 years old. But I will say shout out. My first AOL screen name was Red Cherries 2002. So it was 20 years ago. And y'all don't even at me. If you remember Red Cherries saying she was 25, she's in there 10 years old, trying to just get through the fifth grade. Literally, I don't think I ever said I was that old, but I do know that to be on Vampire Freaks, you were supposed to be like 15 years old. And I think the first time I made a profile on there, I was like 11. And I like was literally so in it, like that they rank you. And basically I was like the original hey girl message. You know, when someone's trying to sell you something, they hit you with the hey girl. So I used to kind of do a similar thing on Vampire Freaks, not in like a spammy way, but in a real positive way, just like I am now, I would just be like, Hey, rated you hope you're having a blessed day. And I would change it for different people. I'd be like, really like this on your profile or, you know, just a mutual thing. And then they would like rate me back. So eventually I think the highest I ever got was like number four on out of all the girls on the site. And this was like before suicide girls. So some of these girls were like in their twenties, you know know exactly what you're talking about. Like super banging hot, hot girls. Y'all know hot goth girls and I was young so like I don't even know it was like when Avril Lavigne made her debut and um everyone had black nail polish and stud bracelets it was complicated you know (laughs) he was a skater boy 
<laughs> she says, see ya later, boy. Legit, though, like, when I look back on that, um, I remember my father being very upset that my mom would let me be on this website. And there was actually a um, premium feature where you could pay, like, a yearly subscription. And when I was 13, my mom sent a check and paid for the yearly <laughs> subscription so I could have the premium features. Your mom's a G. She was like, you want to be a vampire freak? Let me pay for that shit. Let me make you the most freaky. Literally, I feel like my mom was trying to let me express my creativity or express myself. And my dad was like, no, we're not, we're not doing this stuff. Like whenever I lived at my dad's, he wouldn't let me wear like my gothic stuff. (laughs) He just like, wouldn't let me wear it at all. I feel like I feel like hearing you talk about how you were online is literally the exact same way. Like talk about personality consistencies because you're totally the person who will just absolutely randomly message somebody and be like, your page made me happy today. Like, I hope you're having a nice day and want absolutely nothing out of it. And then later you'll be like, you got to shoot your shot. You just got to tell people that they look good today. You got to be telling them that it's popping. Literally, though, that is super consistent. Like, I feel like I, like I said, I went through a wave of like, super positive on the internet, kind of like alter ego, then kind of like, you know, how high school is like people are bullies and mean. And then I think I kind of like, had that mean girl cord. And I think it was more of like lone wolf energy for me, like that kind of brought that meanness, because I'm still very mean, like, I agree. I am represented by the bull. Like, don't, don't fuck with the bull. But I am like that person now that I just don't give any energy to negativity. Polly Pocket, the thug edition. (laughs) Don't mess with me. Legit. You will, you will be shocked. I don't think I would be that shocked. But I, speaking of like things on the internet though, and like what we're speaking I feel like, and not even I feel like this is just a proven fact that when we speak about somebody or we speak about something, it is everywhere. And I'm just going to speak out loud the fact that when you and I, because I'm manifesting this to happen, when you and I were first talking about the podcast and we mentioned Aaron Carter, you remember that? And I won't give none of the back details to nothing, but you were just like, haven't seen him do an interview in so long. Like that shit would be cool. He has such a wild story. Like I'd love to be able to hear people's journeys and stories about things. And like, he, like we were looking it up. We're like, Oh, he hasn't had any interviews, like shoot your shot. Like we're going to be messaging like big time people about being on. Cause they have the best stories. Literally. He was just on Steve-O's podcast the other day. It comes across Instagram and I'm like, this dude's been in a fucking hole. We talk about him. Here he is. You mentioned Jack Harlow, who like I had heard of one time, had no idea. You mentioned a song one time is like a joke everywhere. And I like, can't get rid of it. And then we talked lollipop because we wanted to do the podcast. We were trying to find the name. We're laughing about it. Never have I ever had Lil Wayne on my on my playlist all the time now. So I let I like that rapper and I'm like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
it is so true that when you speak on anything good, bad, happy, sad, that it comes into your reality because literally I manifested an entire disco ball. I like a week ago had been seeing disco balls everywhere, just seeing them on people's like setups, using them as light reflectors with plants and just like oasis. And I was like, I really need a disco ball. And I got on Amazon and I was looking at disco balls, but they, they just didn't look like anything that I liked or like wanted to spend 80 bucks on or whatever, you know, I was just kind of like, I'll, I'll get a disco ball somewhere. Like I'll thrift one or it'll, I'll just get one. Literally this week, someone gave me a disco ball. I was just like, I like your disco ball. And they were like, you can have it. It's like, I can have it. And it's nice. It's like behind me for those that can see the video. If you can't see the video, sign up for our Patreon and you can see the disco ball. But when you believe the universe is going to surprise you, the universe will surprise you. If you believe that that surprise is going to be bad, it probably will be. If you, if you just believe that it could be amazing, it definitely will be. And one thing that I've learned recently is even thinking about something can bring it into your reality. And so I have to be mindful being so tapped into the collective, doing so much collective readings and work and energy healing that I'm not you know, so tapped into their energy that I don't know my own energy. And I have to like really do a lot of cleansing and protections work because being a sensitive person, whether you're harnessing it or not, you're picking up on people's emotions, feelings, thoughts, fears, and especially for those that consume a lot of social media or news or whatever, you're picking up on collective ideas that are put into the collective to manifest more of that. So when you think negative about something or you are just popping at the gums about negativity, whether it's about politics or culture or finances, it doesn't really matter. It could be literally anything. You're bringing more of that into your collective reality. So when you say negative things about anyone or anything, And it's not toxic positivity. It's just not manifesting the negative outcome, but putting it into the faith of like the universe. Like, you know what? What's meant to happen will happen. And there's nothing that I can really do to change what's destined to happen. But I can play my part and make my interactions and my energy worthwhile. What is toxic positivity? Because I feel like it's toxic for you to be trying to put a cap on the things that I can be positive about and the amount that I'm supposed to be positive about. So like, at what point is it toxic when I'm doing better than you, when things that are going on in my life are going better, when my outlook makes you feel uncomfortable about your negative outlook? Like what, what's the toxic positivity? Because I see elevation over here and I see you staying where the light don't touch. Well, I think a lot of people that don't want to do the work see it as toxic positivity because I've had people tell me that I live in a bubble. Like when they want to exclusively harp on very negative situations in our collective that yes, are tragic. Yes, they're horrible. Yes, they are messed up. But us talking about it in a negative, toxic way only creates that more into your reality. I don't consent 
to a lot of the stuff the collective consents to. Like I've been on the I do not consent train for years now, and I will continue to only do with what I want to do and what resonates with me. And I'm not going to speak on things that really don't resonate with me because we're getting half truths from the jump. Like we're not getting all the information anyways to make educated decisions. We're getting half truths and fabricated truths. And, you know, I think a lot of people live every single day in lack and fear. And I just can't subject to that. So those people um, have created like, oh, you know, everyone who's love and light or everyone who's in the spirituality has got a toxic positive energy because it's like they live in a bubble or they're oblivious to the truth or they just don't want to see the truth. So they're shielding it with spirituality. Like the more that I elevate, the more I see people try to project these fears and insecurities onto me because they truly are afraid of death and truly are afraid of what's on the other side. And I'm not because I've realized how close everything is intertwined and everything is energetically connected and nothing is created nor destroyed. It's just the way it's always been in a way like it's meant to be the way that it is at the time that it is and I don't contest like the divine I don't contest the universe and be like well it would be a lot cooler if it was like this but instead I embody and engulf the vision and the frequency and the feeling of what it is that I actually want versus everything that they try to project onto me so I think like you said, it triggers people who don't want to heal, that want to stay in that bottomless pit of life energy. And also, you know, I don't think it's you being in a bubble, but you're reading people all the time. And we've talked about it before that the type of readings that you and I have in common is giving people advice with their reading and like helping people through it and not just being like, well, this is the shit storm that is coming your way today. Like it's actually helping people go through it. You end up taking away from that and spirit ends up giving you lessons in the form of helping guide other people. So I don't feel like it's your bubble. I just feel like you're constantly being reminded to have a specific outlook and to turn negative things into a more positive thing and to figure out how to like you're just saying what you're speaking into existence is what happens for your life so it's not maybe it's living in a bubble but it's a pretty fucking happy bubble it's a bubble really of love like and light. It. it's <laughs> a bubble of is popping and you need to get you a me in your life or on your team because you will succeed there just is no way around it. If you hang out with me or you're around me, you want to do more with your life. You want to find more purpose for your life. You are inspired. And I make sure that every interaction that I have, whether it's a friend, a client, a stranger, whoever, I leave them with inspiration. I leave them with a piece of the pie or the puzzle that they're maybe not seeing because they are shielded by darkness or shadows. And I love people all the same, even those that hurt others or even those that project onto others, because those people have taught me the most about myself and what I don't want to be and who I don't want to become. And for that, I'm thankful. I'm thankful because for those people in my life, they've all been replaced with something better 
or someone better. And I do know that every time you let something go or close out a cycle that you are blessed infinitely by the universe. And I just wholeheartedly believe that. And so when people say that I'm in a bubble, I feel really bad for them because they're underwater, like drowning. And I'm over here floating on life. And that's cool. Like, and I'm cool with that. Listen, everything that you just said in your last sentence, just like should be 100% directed at your twin flame who is like taking steps to like get out of that darkness, letting go of that baggage that's like been attached to them, you know, that's been sucking their soul. And I can't wait. I, you guys, I'm speaking it here at least one. It's going to be a year. I see. I'm telling you season two, Y'all are going to be here and nobody's expecting it. I can't fucking wait. I'm going to be here like, I fuck it. I talked about it in episode three. <laughs> Literally a plot twist that y'all don't get any more details on. But shout out. Ever. is a conscious effort and you have to go through darkness and you have to go through those times in your life where it feels yeah. out of control or you feel lost to want to be found. And I think that um, anyone who's on a twin flame journey, I know I talk about that a lot and throw those words around a lot. It will change your life from the inside out. And if you're not ready for it, you will run from it and you will hide from it. And like, that's cool because that's like a part of every person's journey. But most people are not ready to give up those bad habits and those vices and those distractions. And I've learned that on this journey, I have to, you know, learn more about myself in order to actually understand why I do what I do and we're none of us are perfect but I will say um in that instance when you are with someone dating someone or surrounded by certain people and they're not good for you it will suck the soul out of you and it will mess your entire vibration up and your entire frequency which throws you out of alignment and um I hope that anyone who feels out of alignment or anyone who is lost on this journey finds something worth fighting for, something worth um, working towards, because you have to find that for yourself. And it can't be too much outside motivation because that can be taken away, that can be shifted, that can be altered. And I think that the more that we become steady and stable within ourselves, the more that we can be around people who bring out the best in us. I think this is why people say all the time, like when they meet their person, like I wasn't even looking or like you find it when you're least expecting. And that's literally because your energy is no longer being spent on trying to figure out what's going on with somebody else, what somebody else has going on, what somebody else's energy is focused in, uh, the negative things about whoop, whoop, who did who it turns into you being focused on what you have going on and thinking about how you're going to positively change and redirect your life from the way that it was. And then that's when amazing things come in. And I feel like that's why like relationships and friendships and things, when you have just been working on healing from chaos, I feel like that's why there are really quick, strong, healthy, not quick toxic but quick healthy bonds that come in and that's when people are like oh yeah I only knew them for three weeks and then we got married because I just knew or whatever because 
that goes along into the, what you're putting your energy into is what's coming into fruition. And another thing I feel like when you know, you just know, and I say this all the time, it's literally in my Oracle deck. Like when you know, you know, and I know that everything that is aligned in the last five years got me to this moment. And I would not take any of the pain or the struggle or the darkness back because I have never felt so grounded or supported or empowered before. And I just feel like this vision is so much bigger than just me or the people in my immediate surroundings, but it's like a vision that's going to touch the world. And people are going to see the world through a different lens. And it's not the lens of pain or chaos or discontentment, but it's the lens of imagination and magic and beauty. And there's a lot of different readings and things that I've done throughout the last few years that always say that I'm here to make life more beautiful. And that's just such a like empowering thought to think that I'm here to touch everything with beauty and like grace and harmony and acceptance. And that in itself is like a legacy that you can't put like a price on or, or a limit or, a, you know, a time frame on like, that's something that you live and you become, and you do it every day. It's not something that you get paid for necessarily. So I feel like I'm transforming into like the highest form and purpose that I've ever had in this world. And for once, I just don't feel sad or alone or different. I feel super connected. You think that that's because you're doing the things now that are making you yourself happy and you're not caring about what's making other people happy or what's making them feel comfortable in their small comfort zone? Well, I think it's also stemming from the harmony that I have built. Like every thing about my environment is harmonious. And when you grew up in, you know, kind of chaos or uncertainty or mixed homes, divorced parents, that kind of thing, like as a child, you are uprooted a lot and you're moved around and you're, and you're switching places and you have two of this and two of that. And, you know, I think a lot of that has helped me see that what I truly want is a like harmonious, peaceful home life. Like what's inside the home has to feel very supportive and like the foundation has to be strong for me. Like, and I think that's taught me a lot about myself because building that foundation within my own dynamic where I don't, you know, need anything from anyone has shown me what it is that I do need for people from people or like what I do desire and what I do require even. And I think it's just taught me so much about myself that that's where all of this peace and reflection and inspiration is coming from is like, when you live in an environment that is supportive and nurturing, your whole life shifts. And when you live in a war zone or around people who bring stress and, you know, whatever out of you, then you don't ever have a place to take off your armor and like chill 
and you know what I mean? And like be yourself. And I think that in itself has helped me not care about what people think because I don't need anything from those people. I don't require anything or approval to operate in such a beautiful way. So I just am sitting here thinking about the person who's listening to the podcast right now that's like, I'm always in toxic cycles and I can't outgrow the way that I was raised and I'm raising my kids in the cycle and I don't want to be in the cycle. Like what steps can those people take without being toxic positivity and bullshitting? Because I, okay, so I do think there's a way to be toxic positive and to act like you don't have anything going on in your life that you need to work through and everything's fucking bubble gums and rainbows like there there is a toxicity to it so what what's a way for somebody to remove themselves from that situation because I can't even like as I sit here and I hear you talk and I think about like I have the same thing with my house and I have the same thing with my relationship, like not having, like I am surrounding myself the way that I want to be, but I wouldn't have advice for somebody who isn't already doing that. My advice for people that maybe feel like they're in a broken cycle or a toxic cycle, I feel like right out all the reasons that you do what you do. Like whether like for some that could be like security or money, even I know that's a big factor in a lot of people's life. Like they, they don't have anywhere else to go or they're stuck in that environment. But then also you want to look at all the ways that you are either exhibiting or have inherited traits from your environment that you're now adding to the fire, because a lot of this journey is about admitting where you're wrong and where you're doing something wrong or where you're adding to it. And so for me, um, when my environment would be uncertain or would be chaotic, I would add to it by saying mean things like what you are talking about. Cause I can talk all day. Y'all know I can talk all day. So now that I'm talking about something worthwhile, there's a different type of energy than when I would let you know about yourself. Now, I don't really care to let you know about yourself. Like, you know, and that's enough for me. I don't need to explain it to you. But I think that if you're in an environment, you have to look at what the common denominator is and what you're adding to that environment that's manifesting more of what you're allowing and what you're believing. First off, you've got to stop believing the story that you tell yourself because that's where most of us are slipping. And when we stop believing our own story, We have an opportunity to create a new dynamic or a new energetic frequency. So anyone who's in like a toxic relationship, I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is in these relationships. Maybe it's because of kids, finances, foundation. That's where you have to look at what am I doing that I could maybe do or see differently? And what am I able to develop or you know accelerate in that could help me whether that means you know develop a practice or a spiritual practice a meditation practice you know taking initiative to calm your mind to understand yourself on a deeper level to go on to a healing journey because once you open that can of worms of healing everything in your environment now goes through this like 
filtration system. I like to think of it as the hanged man tarot card. He's hanging upside down, but he's not in distress. It's about shaking away the loose ends. And when you flip yourself upside down, change and crystals, whatever might fall out of your pockets, right? So it's like that. It's like taking your life, flipping it upside down and shaking away everything that's loose and that's built on a faulty foundation. And right now for the next few months until October, Saturn is doing that for the entire collective in retrograde. Saturn takes 30 years to move all the way around the Zodiac. So around 27, it's approaching um, where it was when you were born and you start your Saturn return, which is what I have been in. It's been the most transformational time of my life. And anyone who's, who's getting close to the age of 27 is going to be starting theirs very soon. Yeah. It's something that will change you from the inside out if you're willing to shake away those loose ends. But most people that can't change what they see it's because they're attached to it in some way they're attached to the story they're attached to a belief system to a religious system to a control system some type of manipulation has embedded into their conscious mind and they believe that to be truth for some people it's the american dream of going to college and raising kids and all these blah blah blahs that you have to do it a certain way for it to be right or you know some people it's um it's just so many things. What we won't get into the details of that because people know what their belief systems are. And it's not about changing everything about that, but it's about evaluating who told you that, why do you believe that? And why does it actually hold weight? And if it's like, wow, I feel this in my soul, you know, in my core, I feel this, then that might be a belief that's for you. But if it's something where it's like, I don't know why I really believe that, or I don't know why I think that, or I don't know who told me that and why it matters because I'm grown. Like I'm not 12 anymore. Like, I think we just have to wake up that we hold the power and our thoughts are controlling us and keeping us in imaginary cages. A hundred percent. And something that you had mentioned the word relationships a couple of times and something that keeps on coming up into like my pages and my discussions recently with people keeps on being relationships and people not being able to like move on and do better and elevate because they stay stuck in toxic, like relationship cycles. And I keep hearing, but that's my best friend. That's not your best friend. If we're reading, if we're doing a reading and the cards keep on saying that you are constantly disrespected, that you get put down, that you're not taking care of yourself, that you don't, you know, that you feel so emotionally uncomfortable that now you're physically uncomfortable and whatever, that's not your best friend. So moving on in, you're talking about like situations and moving yourself in like physical situations also like emotional situations that you keep yourself stagnant in, it's really hard for you to evolve and become the person that you want to be and that you know that you're supposed to be when you keep on making excuses for people to treat you less than you deserve. And you keep on accepting a you let the universe know that you're okay being treated that way and that that's the standard that you accept. And it's a really big step when you start walking away from people and saying, 
I don't even have to give you a reason. I'm just going to walk away. Instead of letting it be an excuse that holds you back, there's a way to harness that power and make it your own and say, I was treated this way and this did happen. And I, and I was down for so long, but because I was in that, I learned how to recognize all these other traits that I want to look for instead. That's not your best friend. When you move on from that and you walk away, that's going to hurt for a second because a lot of time people are with somebody for years, but that, and that's years of unlearning that you have to do, but you're never going to be able to learn and to grow from that when you're staying in the same situation and you're asking for somebody to be different. If that is your best friend, then when you say, I don't like the way that I'm being treated. I don't like the way that I feel in this relationship. I don't like the way I feel in this friendship. And you walk away, if they're upset for that second, okay, give them a second so they can process that too, because it takes a lot for somebody to go, oh, like, I heard that to get out of the victim mentality, because the second that you tell somebody that they did something wrong, no matter who it is, they're going to be like, uh, you did that wrong. Um, but allowing people can come back to you when you guys are two healed versions of yourself too. So if that is your best friend, if that's your person, when you leave and you work on finding your different things, if that person is really meant for you, they fall in love with the higher version of yourself. And if not, then you let them go. So you're not losing anything. You gain things along the way. I think a lot of people show their best selves just off top. They're just constantly showing you what they think you want to see. And that's why people get into these situationships where it's like two years later, and now you're seeing their true qualities and their true colors. And the veil has been lifted from this like new walking on eggshells type phase can be called the honeymoon phase but you know when you're first getting to know people and you're having your first you know your first vacations your first this your first that everything seems happy go lucky and i think that in the collective so many people have gotten stuck in these situations that had an expiration date like okay yeah maybe you were supposed to date this person for like 2 years they were supposed to teach you a lot it was going to be a roller coaster of of healing, wisdom, emotion. But when it hit a breaking point, you were supposed to break away. You were supposed to walk away. But instead, you let it beat you down instead of empower you. And I think breakups can be some of the most pivotal moments in people's lives that really show you strength and perseverance and acceptance and forgiveness. And I think the more that we can learn to let people go before it reaches a, I cannot stand them point, the more that you're going to be able to have a lifelong bond with someone. And maybe that didn't work out romantically, but it doesn't mean that you have to block them and hate them and stalk them or whatever. And I just think so many people go into a certain direction for so long that it's almost embarrassing to let other people know like, wow, this this isn't working. Like we, we bought a house, we did this, we did that. It's just not working. But instead it's like people do things to save face. And I've noticed that like in the holiday season, a lot of people either get engaged or get back together. It's so weird. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Like how many people get engaged around holidays. And I think like, when I see that it screams codependence to me, like 
literally because you chose a holiday which is kind of a cop-out in my opinion when you could have picked a regular Tuesday in April and you know proposed and made a special day about your partner your person but instead you you know did it for show on Christmas Eve no offense to anyone who got engaged on a holiday but I think so many people think well this is going to fix our problems we'll celebrate we'll enjoy we'll get back to that honeymoon style energy but marriage doesn't fix things kids don't fix things houses and finances none of that really fixes things I think people put band-aids on their situations and that's why you feel so lost and so down and out because I think a breakup two mature adults saying you know what this didn't work let's go our own ways I'll help you you help me we'll make this easy on each other and we'll cut we'll cut this chapter off like it should be and we don't have to hate each other and that's where I personally would rather be single than be in a situation where I don't feel seen validated accepted or supported yes and I feel like a lot of people stay because that's the cycle that's been shown to them recently I saw a post on Facebook and it said how come nobody stays together like our grandparents used to And I saw that and I'm like, uh, because the reason why your grandparents were still together isn't because they were in love with each other and it was a soul bond and they couldn't be without each other. It's because it was toxic dynamics of women not being able to leave or somebody holding a power over somebody's head or it's okay for you to get treated like this. Don't expect anything more in your life. Don't reach for anything more because as long as you have a job and food on your table and your kids are fine, then you should be completely happy with your life. How come you're not happy? And we swept mental health under the rug. We swept um, social graces with other people under the rug. And, you know, we, we talk to go back around to, you know, people waking up and things like that. I feel like it's because we're, finally coming around to this time where those aren't the things that are okay. And that's not the kind of relationships that are going to be acceptable. You're going to hear podcasts like this, where you have women being like, fuck him, walk away, you know, and that's not something that you heard before. And in a spiritual aspect, there's a lot of twin flame talk, like you're talking about, but where people think that You're supposed to be going through the most painful, tumultuous, back and forth, um, like soul gut-wrenching moments with somebody because that's your twin flame and that's what you're supposed to be doing. And whether you think that somebody is cosmically destined for you or not, you shouldn't be tolerating continuously going through disrespect. So well said about the dynamic and culture that has shifted for women especially and I think right now there is such a motivational power wave of women empowering other women and women showing and leading the way through their trauma through things that um, we have been taught to reject and to hate about ourselves 
I am just so proud of all the women that are speaking up for what they believe in, all the women that are ready to take their lives next level, not being caged in or boxed in by society. So kudos to you beautiful souls out there that are elevating, choosing to elevate. I think your partner can either make or break you. And there are only a, a few examples of people that I admire in connections in the world. And I think that finding more people who inspire you in their connection and who um, encourage their partner to shine and to be their best self, no matter what, I never want to see a person holding me back in any way. And I would never return that energy, especially to a spouse or to my husband or someone that I'm with. It's like, we're allies. We are on the same team. We have a common goal. Your wins are my wins and vice versa. And that's the only energy that I will be able to tolerate. But I do think that we are shown along the way many soulmates and karmic soulmates and people that were destined to hurt us and to harm us even, you know, knock a few holes in in our heart along the way. Because how are you supposed to appreciate true divine connection? If you've had no other opposite connections. I'm getting tongue-tied because it's like without the one, I don't feel like you could really have the other. So anyone who's been hurt or has been in a toxic dynamic, being in your own energy and creating a space of solitude and safety within yourself will draw in the person that is destined for you, that is cosmically destined for you. And I don't think that the twin flame journey is meant to harm anyone. I do think that they act as mirrors for one another. So it's about how much self-hatred and harm that you've already been doing to yourself is now illuminated by another person who's triggering you in a way that feels like, it feels like, uncomfortable it's just uncomfortable and I think a lot of twin flames will not end up together based on each person's own ability to want to heal themselves I think there's healing that the twin flames do together there's healing that they do on their own and there's healing that they do behind the scenes like on an energetic level that brought them together to begin with and if you were chosen for that your healing journey is meant to inspire and help others because not everyone is chosen for the journey that you have. And I think so many people are settling in their connections. Like they probably just, you know, stayed with the person they'd been with since high school or whatever. And only I feel like half of those relationships will actually work out because they're soulmates. But I think the other ones, it's because it's just like, what else have I ever known? Like everything else feels uncomfortable because I don't know anything else or I've, I've never even thought about anything else. And I think people get sold a dream that every relationship you're in should be your happily ever after. And we have to really like find peace with like our Jennifer and Brad moment and leave Jen for Angelina Jolie because that's our bae. And, you know, I know him and Angelina are getting a divorce, but they've been together for a long time. And I feel like 
you know, him and Jen were like the it couple at that time in Hollywood and him leaving for Angelina was like, got the people going, you know, but scandal. Yeah. The heart wants what the heart wants. Yes. Something that I don't think that people realize is a toxic dynamic that prevents you from being able to elevate in relationships. And I think that everybody has experienced at one time or is still experiencing that you should keep an eye on is the person that you're with being jealous or uncomfortable by things that you want to do. Having the, why are you posting out? Why are you doing that? Oh, are you, who are you wearing makeup for? Who are you wearing that outfit for? Things like that. Like you, I just, I just think that that's a very uncomfortable thing. And I wouldn't want to be in a relationship like that because we've all been through relationships like that where, oh, well, if I do this or if I am big in any way, or if I show myself in any way that I'm going to make them uncomfortable. So I won't do that where the partner that you have should be, let me take pictures for you. Let me, this is what you need to have done. Let's do this. So you need to do that so that you reach more people. We need to get you this kind of equipment, whatever it is that you, that you're doing for your life. You want to reach these huge goals and you need to do this and you need to go to school instead of it being like, oh, so you're just going to take all the time away from me. That person should be, okay, well, you have school Monday through Friday. So on Saturdays, let's do dinner together, Saturdays and Sundays and figuring out how to support around that. So if you are constantly in a cycle where every time you try to get just a little bit bigger, you get pushed back down and you're made smaller. That's an example of the toxicity and why you're not able to elevate in the kind of situations that you move need to move yourself on. And that's a perfect example of when I say that's not your best friend, quit fucking saying that's your best friend. That's somebody you like to sleep with that maybe you like to go on adventures with. That's not your best friend. What's your opinion on dating apps and online dating in our generation and meeting genuine people? in that way or anyway I met my husband off of a dating app let's go baby <laughs> uh I met my husband off a dating app we've been together for eight years we've been married for six um but so I I don't think there's anything wrong with dating apps but I think that there's wrong there's things wrong with what you're looking for on the dating app like, don't go on the dating app and then be trying to tell me that that dude really loves Christ and he's walking the path and he just is waiting to find his person. That's bullshit. He wanted to hook up and that's what you guys are going to do. And you're either going to be together or you're not going to be together. But like, that's what's up. Nobody's on there being like, I'm looking for my soulmate. And maybe you want that, but you're not going to go on a date with Bob and know that that's your soulmate. It's a good way to meet people. Also, you know, I feel like, I feel like it's easy to see on dating apps, like who's a douche and who's not a douche and like, who's a fuck boy and who's not. And so I never understand the like gravitating towards, okay, there's always, you've always got like the dude who's holding the fish. Every time and more <laughs> times than not, because I live in Kentucky. 
Yeah. So you're in Kentucky. So you've got the dude that's holding the fish. You've got the dude with his dog. See what Brian did is Brian put pictures of him and his daughter on and that got my spirit like that got my soul and um and then brought her on our first date and so then I was like well shit no (laughs) no um that works for you the kids you had a soft spot dude I just I got daddy issues so I was like you're a good dad you have your daughter full time you're doing all this and that and he took me to sushi on the first date. So like, what's up? I <laughs> can recommend. My opinion on dating apps is, okay, not to toot my own horn, but a lot of the people on dating apps, they're not much to look at. The pictures they took, the pictures they're putting, whatever. It's just a given vibes. That's and- because you know who your twin flame is. Hey, don't even get me started. That's because you know exactly what you want and what you're looking for. And so I don't even bother with dating apps. They actually repulse me. I haven't had um, a dating app in so long, like legit serious on the dating app. I mean, I did activate the Facebook dating. I got banned for promoting my business, but shout out to everybody who followed me from Facebook dating. I'm going to be real with you. You're the reason that you wouldn't be successful on dating apps is because your aesthetic, 96% of them are behind bars. We already discussed that. Don't, (laughs) don't even, don't even. The people on the dating apps are people that want to be mean to women. In my opinion, most of the guys have been very like aggressive or kind of even like cocky and mean to me on dating apps. Kind of like, oh, wow, like you can't get a date. And like saying it in a condescending way, like I'm just on there to toot my own horn and just on there to get compliments and stuff. But then I have the people like, I would do anything for you, especially lick your toes and whatever. You know, then I have the the extreme people that say the craziest things to me. And actually it bothers me because now I cannot screenshot the crazy messages I get and post them on my story because Instagram will flag it as against community guidelines. But yet these people are allowed to message me this content. Listen, I got my first Instagram community guideline violation last week because I posted a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer with empty food shelves behind. And it said, um, if we run out of food, at least we have each other. And it got taken down for... um, Oh, what was it? It was for mass terrorist murder. Well, I got flagged last year for sharing something about COVID. And I am (laughs) to this day still not able to go live on my business Instagram because of a post from February 20th of last year. What did you, what was it, what was it saying? It literally was like a cartoon guy and he had like a bag over his head and he had like a razor blade where he like cut the eye out, like the eyes out. And it was like something about only seeing what you wanted to see or, you know, that kind of thing. Like 
was something about like the veil. I, I don't really know exactly. It won't show me. It was on my story. It wasn't even, it was just something I shared that someone else posted, but they are quick to flag people posting spiritual content or anything holistic or anything about medicinal marijuana. They're just quick mm-hmm. to flag people spreading positivity. And right now I am like shadow banned on Instagram. Not even sure why, but yeah. It's just like that app is so dead. And I've heard several people voice this about how ever since TikTok took its big turn for the better, Instagram has just fell so short and Instagram knows it's losing users. So they're putting more ads down our throat because Instagram makes billion, billions of dollars off ads and people not only just promoting their basic ass profile with nothing on it or the people who want to sell us stuff like Maybelline and whoever. So it's really crazy to me how much Instagram sucks these days. See, and you say that about the banning, but like I said, that's the first time that I've had a problem with Instagram, but TikTok comes from my throat and I can't put, I see people post videos of like smoke in their video. Somebody posted a video um, that I saw earlier today where they were smoking a J in a crowd at a concert. I can't do that. I see people being able to post videos in their bikinis, which like, God bless you. I appreciate you. But I did a weight loss thing and I got flagged for nudity for having a, it was mostly covered two piece. And, um, I got flagged for that. I get, I got hate speech the other day and bullying because I did a reaction to a really funky recipe video. I didn't cuss in it or anything, which is, I know fucking shocking for me. Um, but, and I wasn't being mean about the person. I was just like, I would not eat that. And that got taken down for bullying and didn't pass appeals. So like, I can't survive on there. (laughs) I think that once you get flagged on anything, that it's just all downhill for from there. Like I have stayed on their radar on TikTok, but they limit, like they'll show the things that they want to show, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I could post two videos at the same time and it just depends on what TikTok wants to do with it. Like most of the time, if it's a positive inspirational style video it flops like a couple 800 views or something but if I post any message it doesn't matter what the message is 20,000 views so it's like I'll just take what I can get on TikTok I'm not really worried about it I do think that um right now I've been manifesting a new platform to pop up like something new that can be videos and um stories and everything but has like a similar TikTok algorithm where it's like you can see an array of content versus just the people you follow or similar to the people you follow like TikTok's algorithm is wild because when you open videos that other people have shared with you it changes your algorithm which I think is very very cool I don't know where they get the algorithm for what they put on my FYP sometimes because I'm like clicking the not interested button time after time after time and I'm like I don't know why this would be on my page 
Well, I just want to say shout out for you, Paige, because I love my name being in anything, even if it's not technically my name. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Another thing that I want to add about thinking it into reality is you have to be unwavering. When other people speak fear into your plan, other people make jokes about your plan, other people have something negative to throw into your plan, you have to be unwavering and very, very loyal to the vision because that's why I get everything that I've ever wanted, I feel like, is because I believed in it, I trusted, and I continued to believe it even when I didn't see it, even when I was still waiting for it or when I was still um, working towards it. I never once was like, the universe doesn't love me because the universe doesn't give me it or the universe isn't going to give it to me. Like I never jumped ship. I think that's the problem with a lot of people in manifesting is they jump ship. If it doesn't happen in three, six, eight, 12 months, they've jumped shipped onto something else. And that's why the universe doesn't give you what you want. I will never be shifted on something that I believe in, someone that I believe in, or a vision that I believe in. Like the only way that it's shifting is if it's evolving. And if it's evolving, it's evolving for a reason. I'm not rigid where I'm just stuck on the one outcome, but I'm very much unwavering in the highlights of the vision. The outcome and the way it can happen and when it happens is all up to the universe. And I give that creative freedom to the divine because I know that it's going to be far better than I could even think of with my limiting beliefs in this moment because most of the visions that have came to life for me especially like with the podcast and beyond it's something that I never even filled in all those details I just knew it would be important and big and it would help people and that has been my ultimate purpose and goal the last three years is everything that I do setting out with the intention of inspiring or helping others. And I think that something that benefits you so much is the fact that you're very open about not being stuck in a specific time frame and not trying to race on a certain clock and do things at a specific time. And so I feel like you have longevity with goals because you're like, this is what I'm working towards, but you're not setting and I'm going to get it in this amount of time. And I feel like that is where people go wrong is I want this and they want an instant gratification with it and say, but I, I gave it my best. I didn't give up. I did my best and I, I just didn't get it. And you're right. People give up too soon because they're racing on a clock. Well, so-and-so was successful with it in eight months. So how come I'm not an instant success? And then something that we had talked about before was all the time that people put in the years and years and years of work that people put in behind the scenes before they become an instant success, before they become an overnight sensation or whatever. It's years of consistently working hard, doing all the things that nobody can see, having the goal pushing forward and nobody else can see that timeline, but everybody else, everybody else can see the timeline of when they start noticing you, but they don't know the timeline of when you were doing all the things before anybody knew. And if the people who become instant successes or whatever had given up a month ago, a year ago, you would never know about them. 
it's vital to your success to stay consistent to the vision. I am so big on the bigger picture, the bigger vision, the Eagle's point of view, zooming out. When something seems to not be working, zooming in will only stress you out. I zoom out. I put it on the back burner. I give it a break. I rest. I give myself space to reevaluate, to see something from a different perspective or a higher perspective. And that is why when other people come at me with their fear-based mentality, I just let it go in one ear and out the other. And a lot of this comes from family and that's fine. Shout out, love my family, but I don't want to be like my family. Um, I'm more than supportive of who they are, but I don't want to become who they are. I have no goal or vision to absorb other people's limiting beliefs. I have like a stealth mode activated where you're just not going to get through to me in a way that's going to deter me or distract me. Yeah. What's something that you would want to leave people with today? I think if you have something that lights your heart up, it doesn't matter if that is a passion, an idea, a visualization, there's something that you've even thought about, something that lights your world on fire. You should, A, figure out how to bring that into your reality by embodying what it would feel like to be that or have that. A lot of people want to be successful, but being successful is an embodiment. It's not a a certificate or a diploma or a job or money. Being successful is a frequency and an energy that people can feel. And it's like a force to be reckoned with. If you want to be a force to be reckoned with, you have to embody the force. You can't put on the mask and play the role that you are not made to play. You have to take off the mask and be willing to stand out or to ruffle feathers or to provoke other people's shadows by shining your light and embodying the force. So baby, go embody your force. May the force be with you. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. That kind of sums up everything that we were talking about too. I hope everyone has a beautiful and blessed week. And thanks for joining us on Lick It Like a Lollipop. Yes. See you guys next time.